This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, are you feeling the financial strain of soaring inflation, rising interest rates, and ongoing pandemic recovery? Are you feeling stressed about your finances? If so, you're certainly not alone. According to the 2022 FP Canada Financial Stress Index, many Canadians are feeling this way. So joining me now to discuss the survey and offer advice on how you can better weather this storm. We're going to talk with Wendy Brookhouse, Atlantic Canada spokesperson for FP Canada, financial planner and founder of Blackstar Wealth, and Dr. Betty Rodriguez of the Association of Psychology of Newfoundland and Labrador. Thank you both for joining me today. Hi, I'm very glad to be here. So let's start by talking about the results of the financial stress index. The annual poll shows that rising costs of housing, groceries, gas, and other goods and services are weighing heavily on the minds and budgets of Canadians, causing growing concern about their long-term financial well-being. So for the fifth time in eight years, Canadians say money is their top source of stress at 38%, ranking it significantly higher than personal health at 21%, work at 19%, and relationships at 18%. So Wendy, are you surprised that money is the leading cause of stress for Canadians right now? Not really at this point. Uh, I think that there's a whole bunch of factors coming together, which you listed off at the front, uh, you know, coming out of a pandemic right into inflation and uh, high interest rates. Uh, There's just so many things happened and we've had no chance to recover, so to speak. From that piece. And, you know, for sure. And the pandemic really is a major factor here, right? The survey says that the majority of respondents at 58% say that the pandemic has had an impact on their financial stress levels. So nearly two in five at 39% say they feel less hopeful about their financial future than they did a year ago. And I want to point out as well that, you know, that 58% is a huge increase because when your survey came out in 2021, that number was only 45%. So that really is a very significant jump. So what's your response to this? Well, my response to that is I see that among people coming in to see me. Um, You know, a lot of it is is that there's so many elements out of their control. And that's why I think it's even more important that they, they get a plan so they can control what they can control. Because that will take a great deal of stress out of it, is understanding their complete picture and how they can affect uh, where they have to make the changes um, because something will have to shift a little bit in order to make sure that they're going to get to their goals. Yeah, and we know it's tough, right? We already had so many people Mm. living paycheck to paycheck. So when you couple in, you know, everything we're seeing with inflation and and now interest rates rising and so on, like it's, it is really tough for people. And Dr. Betty, you know, Mm. one in three Canadians at 35% are saying that financial stress, no surprise, has led to anxiety, depression, and, and other mental health challenges. Canadians between the age of 18 and 34 are more likely than Canadians 35 and up to say financial stress is having a negative impact on their mental health. So the 18 to 34, there's 45 percent and over 35 uh, is 31 percent. So, Dr. Betty, what's your reaction to these findings? Because some of these statistics are really cause for concern, aren't they? 
Of course, there are cause for concern, and you know, especially uh, younger Canadians. They they're just starting out. They never really had a chance to to get a strong footing with the pandemic, and then this happening, it's almost like no one had a chance to take a breath and get established financially. So a lot of these people are feeling a lack of agency, a lack of security, and so much uncertainty. Right. One of the things I'm hearing a lot is, you know, real worry and real concern, even about groceries from people that never really had that concern before. No, absolutely. I mean, I hear that all the time in my practice and even just with friends and family, quite honestly, right? The talk is all about, you know, my gosh, have you seen the price of beef in the grocery store or Mm -hmm. cost me X amount to fill up my car? It's never cost that much before. It really is top of mind for everybody. And I think it is impacting everybody's pocketbook, no matter Mm -hmm. uh, where you were uh, pre or post pandemic, right? Inflation really is uh, causing Mm -hmm. anxiety in, in, in many, many people. So, what are some of the reasons that you think we're seeing so many young people specifically struggling? Well, I think because they never really had a chance to to sort of get established financially. I mean, things were kind of dire even before the pandemic for, for younger people to get established financially anyway. Also, you know, money can mean so many things for different people, right? It can mean independence, a sense of security, stability, safety, success, a sense of self-worth. And now they are having this this idea that they might never be able to get it. And and I find that younger people are well, everybody's pressured, but young people are so pressured to to sort of follow in their parents' footsteps that maybe at their age had their first house. And young people are like just they can't do it right now, right? Yeah, and I think too, you know, with the pandemic, you know, lockdowns and, and people weren't out doing the social activity that they maybe were, were used to doing pre-pandemic. And now the desire to get out and do that stuff. You know, we talked on the show a few weeks ago about revenge spending and how people are, are out and, and trying to be social and, and maybe doing even more than they would have previously. But I've also seen that there's a rise in credit card debt for the first time since before the pandemic. So I do have concerns right that people are using credit to supplement their income right now because of the inflationary causes and the desire to be out and uh, do things which you know if you can't afford that and you're getting the bills coming in it will cause uh, anxiety I'm sure but there's no way around it right we're paying more for pretty much everything and we're seeing levels of inflation we haven't experienced in 30 years so just think of what we're paying at the pumps rising housing costs climbing mortgage and interest rates all weighing heavily on every Newfoundland Labradorian right now So according to an FC Canada survey, 92%, that's pretty much all of Canadians, cite at least one external factor contributing to their financial stress. And there are many factors, but it's the increased expense of groceries that's being felt most acutely across the board. According to the survey, nearly 10 at 68% Canadians say rising grocery prices have had a direct impact on their financial stress levels. That number is even higher here in Atlantic Canada with more than 
than three quarters, saying that the cost of the checkout is taking a toll on their household budget. More than half at 56% are feeling pinched at the pumps. The same for the rising cost of goods and services at 55%. And climbing house prices at 25%, interest rates 25%, and rental costs 23% are also significantly affecting stress levels. Younger Canadians between the age of 18 and 34 and racialized Canadians cite rising house prices as being their major financial stressor. So, Dr. Betty, that goes to what you were saying about, you know, not really getting established and, and the desire to, to have a home and not being able to afford one right now. And the financial stress survey also shows that overall, only one in five at 20 percent that they have more disposable income this year than they did a year ago. And two in five at 39 percent say they have less. Certainly further concerning statistics here. So, Wendy, let's talk about those. Yeah, they're very alarming in that respect. And uh, listening to the talk about revenge spending and things of that nature, um, you know, it's an act, it's acting out to try and uh, take control or have some normalcy again. Because just when we were about to go into what we could consider a normal phase again, uh, here we are faced with all these really, really higher prices everywhere you turn and so I think that can be um, quite concerning for people and think they may um, act out in a way that will cause them further pain down the road when the when the credit card card bill shows up (laughs) if you will. No, absolutely. But I do want to point out that the poll does show that many consumers are taking action to get a handle on their finances more than they did last year. So respondents say they're tracking expenses and that's 44%. Only 34% were tracking their expenses last year. So that's really good to see. And I think maybe it's a necessity because things are so tight, but it is Mm. some good news, right? And something consumers will have to do more of. Don't you agree? Totally agree. I think that um, there's a lot of structural stuff that's been set up that's changed uh, in the last number of years that make it easier and easier and easier for us to spend our money. And so whether we're tapping at the grocery store, uh, using Apple Pay, uh, all these different solutions that add convenience to our life also make it harder for us to track because we're not necessarily doing the mental math to add up what everything costs. So the fact that people are more tracking their expenses and and, and understanding, uh, paying attention to more of those tap and spend things, uh, I think is a wonderful thing that will make a big, huge difference in people's lives. No, absolutely. So important, right, to look at your credit card statement, your bank statement, uh, everything Mm -hmm. to see where you've spent your money when you're looking at a budget or if you need to uh, adjust your budget. But we know there are tighter financial times ahead, so we're going to talk about that. Um, When we come back, please stay with us. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Wendy Brookhouse. She's the Atlantic Canada spokesperson for FP Canada, a financial planner and founder of Blackstar Wealth, and Dr. Betty Rodriguez of the Association of Psychology of Newfoundland and Labrador. So today's focus is the FP Canada Financial Stress Survey, and considering the combination of the prolonged pandemic, record-setting inflation, and of course rising interest rates, it's no wonder that so many Canadians, including many Newfoundland and Labrador, are feeling financial stress. 
Before the break, we talked about the survey in depth, and, and some of the numbers really are alarming. Just as concerning, though, are, is the uncertainty and the tougher financial times that lie ahead. So, Wendy, let's talk about this now, because there's no doubt it will mean ongoing financial strain for, for households, and likely going to lead in, into increased financial stress, right? Absolutely. And it, what it does is highlight even more important to have a plan and to work that plan. Uh, the, the, there are things that you can control in your life, and um, that would be how you spend your money for the primary part. And if you can take control of that part of your plan and get everything else automated, what you're doing is controlling what you can control. Because, uh, uh, you know, we can't control ourselves on an individual level what's happening with inflation or how gas prices are. So we have to take control of what we can. And that is, to me, how you start reducing financial stress. There are some other factors in terms of how much you, your paycheck is and what your your um, non-discretionary spending levels are which and what's left over. Um, but then, then you would really know what the full picture is by having a good plan. Oh, absolutely. And economists believe that we're going to continue to see high inflation for the remainder of this year. And we know further interest rate hikes are coming, right? We're expecting another one in July, potentially uh, then again in the fall of this year. The Bank of Canada is now saying rates may have to rise 3% to bring inflation back on target. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff McClem says that the bank may need to move more quickly, may need to take a larger step. He's been clear further hikes will be coming over the year, and he has also hinted we could see another 50 basis point hike, like I said, in, in July. The Bank of Canada is sounding the alarm over the level of household debt Canadians are carrying. Household debt ratio for Canadians is at a record right now, and I've said this on the show before, right? We're at record debt levels, record debt levels, and that was back in 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, we're further, uh, we've further increased the record debt now. It's at 1.86%. It was at 1.81 in 2019. So this means that Canadians owe $1.86 for every dollar that they've earned. And we're starting to see the trend of more consumers turning to credit, as I mentioned in the first segment, to make ends meet. In its quarterly trends report just released on June 1st, Equifax Canada says consumer reliance on credit cards is increasing, with the average monthly spend per credit card consumer climbing by 17.5% in Q1 of 2022. Total consumer debt increased by 8.6% in Q1 of 2022. On an individual basis, the average consumer debt, excluding mortgages, is now $20,744. Here in Newfoundland and Labrador, it's even higher. We're at $22,792. We've also been seeing in the news that typical mortgage payment could be 30% higher in five years' time. So, Dr. Rodriguez, when you hear stories and statistics like these, how concerned are you about people's mental health when it comes to financial stress? Oh my God, very concerned. Because it can be an all-consuming thing and it can create a almost like a domino effect. It can create problems in relationships. 
it can create obviously internal anxiety, but also a lot of conflict within relationships with the family, with the couple. So it is incredibly concerning because of the other aspects of life that it impacts as well. No, absolutely. I mean, I see my practice all the time, right? That there's stress and strain in a relationship mm-hmm. that's due to the financial mm-hmm. stress and, and neither party really knowing how to, to relieve that stress, right? Or how to fix mm-hmm. the, the finances. Uh, and I've heard from many clients that their relationship is significantly improved once they've got a plan to deal with their debt, right? Because it does. It causes uh, people to be on edge a little more, right? When they're, they have financial stress and they're not sure how to, how to fix it. Yeah, I think what Wendy was saying is so important, having a plan and sticking to the plan, because that can give a sense of agency and control and a way to come back together, for instance, for a couple as a team to tackle this. No, absolutely. And Wendy, how concerned are you that, you know, people who bought houses, um, you know, when we saw values going up over the last year or so, or even those, you know, who bought pre-pandemic who are now facing higher interest rates, when you mm-hmm. hear that mortgage payments could be 30% higher in five years time when many people are coming up for renewal, how concerning is that? It is concerning, but I think with uh, a good strategy, you can make it less concerning. And say, for example, you, you're first year of a five-year term, and if you were to increase your uh, payment just a little bit every year so that by the time you get in five years, you're already used to that payment. So, And, and to give context, if we think about it, back in, in 2007, um, our prime rate was 625 I think it's it's that's not actually that long ago, but we've been in such a low interest rate environment for so long we've forgotten what it's like. So back then, people had mortgage payments that were higher. Uh, so it's a it's a it's figuring out how to make sure that's all going to come together because people were doing it back then, and I know we can do it now with the right strategies and with the right planning. And so what should go into that planning? Is it reaching out to a financial planner like yourself to get some advice on how they should be approaching their savings, their overall budget, that kind of thing? Absolutely. I look at um, the whole piece. I think a good financial plan, and I think this is just a little misconception that if you have an investment plan, that you have a financial plan, but I believe a good financial plan has actually a spending structure to it. Uh, you may call it a budget. I call it a spending plan. Uh, it also talks about how are you going to get rid of unwanted debt, and it has a structure and a plan for that. It has a plan for saving for tomorrow so that you're actually you know, putting some away for retirement, so important if you do not have a pension at work that you're already um, contributing to, that you, you're responsible for that. So making sure you're doing some uh, some element of that and creating a habit around savings. And then also making sure that you're covered from an insurance perspective on all the pieces that you want to make sure don't come down if you get sick or, or injured or something like that. You want to make sure those, those bases are all covered and that you can see uh, how they all work together. That is what a good plan should give you and uh, a focus point of, okay, if I keep my spending in this range on these items, that means I'm going to be able to achieve the following things. 
Yeah, and I think that's so important, right? Many people think that the only reason that they would go see a financial planner like yourself is if they wanted to make an investment, right? They're looking to save for yeah. retirement or something of that nature. But there's so many other things, right, that you guys can, can help with and to get people on track and thinking about things that they maybe wouldn't otherwise think of, like the, the insurances and so on. Oh, exactly. Um, there's a way I position debt in um, that I think helps sometimes, and I talk about uh, spending tomorrow today. And so I will use that language, and it really sometimes resonates with people because that's what debt is. You've already you've already spent money that was for yet tomorrow, but you spend it today. And so you know, having that conversation around how do we balance off your priorities of uh, a life today versus a life tomorrow, and when are the bills? <laughs> when do you have to pay those bills? Um, is an important discussion to be having. And I'm not sure where else you'd have that discussion other than maybe with a spouse or somebody because where else – with a planner, you're getting that objective third party who's seen your situation a ton of times. And I'm sure you run into this yourself, Nancy, that you've seen so many things that you can offer a different perspective of ways out of situations because you've helped manufacture them. No, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I, my team and I pride ourselves on, right, is that we're listening to each individual story and we're giving them a personalized plan, right? So yeah. people may think that, we, you know, we deal with the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act and everything is very streamlined and, and it's a cookie cutter approach, but it couldn't be further from the truth because every single client I see has a different story. And so I need to structure a debt repayment plan that is for them, right? And, and yeah. it fits their personal story. So, uh, so, so important. So if you're among those people feeling financial stress and worried about your financial well-being, stay tuned. Our guests have some advice for you when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here in VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Wendy Brookhouse. She's the Atlantic Canada spokesperson for FP Canada, financial planner and founder of Blackstar Wealth, and Dr. Betty Rodriguez of the Association of Psychology of Newfoundland and Labrador. So we've been talking about the latest FP Canada financial stress survey, and considering what is happening with inflation, rising interest rates, and of course the ongoing pandemic recovery, it's concerning that some of those numbers are. It's not surprising to hear that so many are feeling financial stress. I want to shift our focus a little bit now for some advice for our listeners. So because it's important that, you know, you know, there is help available and it's important that those who are experiencing financial stress, you know, there are ways to reduce this stress. The best way to do that, of course, is seeking the support of a professional. The FP Canada survey supports this. According to the survey, those who work with a financial planner are less than half as likely to cite money as their top source of stress at 15% than those who don't at 39%. Canadians who don't work with a financial planner are also significantly more likely to say they've lost sleep because of their financial worries than those who do. So 44% compared to 26%. And those who don't work with a financial planner are less likely to say their financial stress has led to anxiety, depression, or mental health challenges. That's 36% compared to only 16% if you are working with a certified financial planner. 
So Canadians who work with a financial planner compared to those who don't were also significantly more likely to say that the COVID-19 pandemic has had no impact on their financial stress levels and they're more hopeful about their financial future than they were a year ago. So Wendy, when you look at these statistics, they clearly support working with a professional. So why do you feel people are so reluctant to seek the support of a professional? I think it comes to a couple levels, and I know that Betty will be able to speak to some of these, but a little bit of it is a worry about being judged, uh, worrying about uh, do I have enough that they're going to want to work with me, um, and also sometimes it's more of a if I go work with someone, I'm I'm actually going to have to understand exactly what's going on. So some people don't like numbers, some people don't like all those things, and there's a perception that, um, you, you know, it's such... That it can be a very dry subject, and they just don't want to do it. Uh, I relate it back to if I were to uh, break my arm, I would not wait for it to heal to go see a doctor. Yet I hear that time and time again from people, I'm just going to clean up a few things, and then I'll be in to see you. Versus, uh, hey, I might actually be able to get those, help you clean those things up faster. So I think it comes down to a lot about... Um, worry about being judged, worrying about that they don't have enough, that they are worthwhile for the the planner to take their time, all those things. And I, I think that's all what, how I would wrap up that reluctance piece there. No, absolutely. And, and Dr. Betty, do you think that, like to Wendy's point, that, that some of the reason people are so hesitant is because they are reluctant to talk about money? And, and if so, how do we change this mindset to get people more comfortable? Well, I think, first of all, we don't really have a good education on how to talk about money there is also a lot of shame surrounding money and shame can be such a powerful emotion that really stops us from asking for help also as Wendy was saying the feeling not, not almost not good enough quote unquote to to go to a financial planner and and this idea of being able to do it on your own right and almost it, it's almost like a point of pride to quote unquote do it on your own when in reality it's a much more courageous thing to actually ask for help. No, absolutely. And and I see that in my practice all the time, right? People come to see me. Um, the, I always say the hardest part is picking up the phone and making mm-hmm. the appointment, right? Because people are, they do feel ashamed or they do feel they should be able to solve this on their own. But, you know, there's a reason that there's professionals like me and, and professionals like Wendy, professionals like yourself, Dr. Rodriguez, we specialize mm-hmm. in this stuff, right? So mm-hmm. you don't have to solve it on your own. That is in fact what we are there for. But Dr. Betty, I'd also like to hear from you on like money and, and the balance in the bank account. Like, why is it that people feel their personal worth is tied to their bank account balance sometimes? Well, you know, I think that's much more like a cultural societal issue, right? We have in some ways given money so many other meanings than just, you know, something that we use to buy things we need. It has money has become tied to our sense of self-worth to our success, to our sense of even belonging in a family, um, to our sense of security, you know, to our sense of safety, stability. It has become so much more than just something that we use to trade for goods and services. 
right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and like I said, when I have people come in and, and talk to me, um, there's always a sense of relief at the end of the meeting, right? They didn't realize that the help was there and that it would be so easy, right? That the process would be yeah. so easy. And I, I can't tell you how many people uh, say, you know, I'm finally going to get some sleep tonight, right? Because they are under so mm-hmm. much financial stress and they really have been placing their self-worth and their worth with their families um, mm-hmm. with the fact that, you know, they don't have a big balance in their bank account or, you know, they're carrying so much debt and so on. You know, and especially after talking to a financial planner and, and seeing that they are not judged and that there is a plan, people can recover a sense of agency and a sense of control of their finances. And also the shame dissipates. So, of course, they feel better. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, getting that control over your finances will actually help you see that you're you're more than your bank account, right? You're, you're mm-hmm. and you can do it. You just maybe needed a, a little help. So, Wendy, at the top of the show, we talked about you know the the survey saying that the younger demographic are dealing with the most financial mm-hmm. stress. So, mm-hmm. what would you say to these younger listeners about the benefits of working with a financial planner and and the benefits of starting early? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a number of reasons that starting early has a lot of benefits. And the, the biggest one, of course, is the power of, of compound interest, or of compounding rates of return. And all you have to do is Google power of compound interest, and you can see how putting a little away, uh, saving a little bit and investing a little bit when you're younger is uh, so much easier than the bigger chunks you'd have to do later to, to get to the same end point. And the other thing is, is that then you can start building a habit, a habit that you need that will be more for success around spending, around saving, around paying down debt, all those things. And then the other thing is it gives you context. So when I'm dealing with some younger folks, and I'm, um, I'm also surprised sometimes at how tight things can be even when you're making forty to $60,000 a year, but at least that way you become aware of where your constraints are. And making sure that they know, hey, this is your path, and this is what's going to get you to where you need to be, and then they can make their behavior adjustments around that. And so that would be the reasons to start early and the reasons to work with a financial planner is having context and just another guide along the path that's impartial. Oh, absolutely. And if we look at the the flip side of that coin, for people who are further on in their Mm -hmm. financial journey, we'll say, right? So if we look at the boomer age uh, and maybe they feel like it's too late or, you know, they're embarrassed that they haven't spoken to a financial planner at this stage in in life, but they shouldn't be, right? And, And it's important that they reach out no matter where they are. Absolutely. In particular, I think of a case I worked on just recently, and we started working with her six months before she retired. But we were actually able to come up with an income spending plan in retirement that worked for her. But it meant that some of her preconceived notions of what she should do with her money had to change a little bit because we, we, we didn't advocate paying this, paying off her mortgage. We didn't advocate doing certain things because we were working on how to maximize the income stream. So in those cases, we can make a ton of difference um, in just how we structure things and how we order 
uh, withdrawals and retirement. That can make a big difference. So the benefits of working with a financial planner are pretty clear, right? But it's also important, I think, to make sure that you get the right one because mm. it's, you know, it is a personal subject, finances, right? Um, and so you want to make sure that you are comfortable and that you trust in the person that you're speaking to because it is going to require full disclosure of your financial situation in order to get the right advice. So any advice, uh, Wendy, on how you decide who is the best financial planner for you? Absolutely. And I look at this as a bit of a longer term relationship, a marriage, if you will, if you choose the right one. So you want to date a bit. So I think you need to go and interview a few financial planners. And that means talk to your friends and get a list of, of who they're talking to. Put together a list of questions that are important to you about how they approach things. And then uh, interview and find out who, number one, has technical expertise, but also has a style that makes you comfortable, makes you feel heard, and makes you feel like you can actually do the things that you want to do. Yeah, I think that's some really great advice. And, and you know what, I would think that that's good advice for whatever sort of professional that you're, you're seeking out for sure. So, you know, we've talked about the right financial planner. And so now it's time to talk about creating the right financial plan. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Join Brian Medore weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Wendy Brookhouse. She's the Atlantic Canada Spokesperson for FP Canada, Financial Planner and Founder of Black Star Wealth, and Dr. Betty Rodriguez of the Association of Psychology of Newfoundland and Labrador. So we've been talking about the recent FP Canada Financial Stress Survey, and it shows soaring inflation, rising interest rates, and the ongoing pandemic recovery are really weighing heavily on the minds and budgets of Canadians. There's a lot of financial uncertainty right now, and it really is causing growing concern among Canadians, including Newfoundland and Labradorians, especially when it comes to their long-term financial well-being. There's no doubt that the average Canadian needs expert help now more than ever to keep their finances under control, help them gain confidence about their money, and of course, ensure that they have a positive outlook about their short and long-term financial well-being. As we've been talking about, working with a professional can help. Working with a financial planner allows you to create a plan that will move you forward financially. And in turn, this can help alleviate that financial stress. So, Wendy, let's talk about that. According to FP Canada, those that have a financial plan feel more on track with their financial goals and retirement plans, that they have improved their ability to save. They have more confidence that they'll be able to deal with financial challenges in life. They're better able to indulge in their discretionary spending goals. They're on track with their financial affairs and they're able to save more. So in your opinion, Wendy, what does a successful financial plan look like and what are the areas in which you should focus? So as we discussed a little earlier, a successful plan would include a spending plan, a debt reduction plan, a savings for the future plan and insurance structures. So with all of those pieces, a good plan, a good spending plan actually incorporates the goals of all those other sections. So if you have some unwanted debt you're trying to get rid of and you have an extra, uh, we, we have an extra little lump sum that you'd be putting on those debts as you're going forward. We're saving for the future. How much are we putting away each month towards that? And then um, from the uh, 
And the same with the debt and the same with the insurance. If there's gaps in the insurance uh, perspective, um, what, uh, what, what do you need? How much does it cost? And that should all have been incorporated into your spending plan so you have a true, true picture of what kind of money you have left after all of these very, very important structural elements are taking place. If you put those all in place, then your spending becomes where you focus. And because, because again, that is what you can control. Right now, the markets, you know, they're not, they're volatile. They're not, they're going up, they're going down. You can't control that. You can control how much you spend on a day-to-day or week-by-week basis on those discretionary items. Um, and even if they are going up in price at the grocery store, I think we're all in that effort of how do I, how do I stay in my number uh, and still have a, you know, have some good food to eat. And so that's the area that I think you should focus on build a whole plan that has everything built into your spending plan and then focus on your spending. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked on the show last week about, you know, soaring food prices and the importance of, you know, planning, like meal planning, Mm -hmm. for example, and and reviewing costs, shopping around at the grocery stores for specials and your meal planning for the week and and so on. Right. And and buying things that maybe you can put in the freezer when they're on sale and and so on. So there's all kinds of things that you can do um, when we're in this period of inflation and soaring food prices to keep your spending plan under control. So when you talked about interviewing financial planners and finding the right one, but what are some of the questions that a financial planner will ask you when they're working with a client on their financial plan? And then in turn, what questions should the client be asking the financial planner? Well, the uh, client should have realized that there's really no bad questions, right? And I also think that um, one of the things I say to my clients is, you're going to ask me this question, you may or may not remember the whole answer. So you may ask me this question a number of times, and that is okay. I do not expect you to retain all of this because it's finance in some level is a different language. And so, and it's in, in sometimes these concepts are foreign or not completely understood. So it may take hearing it a few times and in a few different ways before things really stick. So you need to be comfortable being able to do that with whoever you choose as your financial planner. And the questions that I will ask, well, I'm going to ask you all about your spending. I'm going to ask you all about all the other pieces of your current financial situation. And then I'm going to start asking you about what's important to you. What are your goals? Are you want to fo- Do you want to focus more on saving for the future? Or is today um, you have children and you want to say, I'd like to really focus on giving them really good experiences. And how do we balance those two out in, a, in the ultimate plan? So I have to understand uh, your complete picture, what your goals and aspirations are. And you talked about the customized plan earlier, Nancy, and that's what has to come out of that. Every person has different goals from a financial perspective. I liken it to the pieces of uh, the picture on the front of a puzzle. And as a financial planner, my goal is to put the puzzle together in such a way that you can achieve that picture. Yeah, I love that. I actually really like that analogy and I would use it the same when, when I'm meeting with clients, right? I'm, I'm taking the pieces of their finances and putting it together in a plan that's going to work for them, right? To get them out yeah. of the debt and, and the financial stress that they're, they're currently in. So I, I actually really like that. So we've got your financial plan. And of course, then the next piece is staying the course, right? Making sure that you stay on track with that financial plan. So Dr. Betty, what advice do you have for listeners on how they can stay motivated to make sure that they do in fact stay on track? 
Well, I think as uh, Wendy was saying, making sure that the goals are realistic and they fit for each person. And also, you know, if, if there is friends or a partner that is also in the same situation, maybe even building a little community so that you can keep each other on track right and and to start having these conversations right because then when when you were talking about revenge spending right it can be really really hard if all our friends are going for brunch and going out and you're just like i'm sticking to this financial plan it can feel really isolating so being able to also build a community around it so that everybody can help each other keep on track with the financial goals Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how young people are feeling the most stress and anxiety right now. But Mm -hmm. I also feel that young people are better at talking to their friends about their finances. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that is one positive that they maybe will find it easier to have that community and have that open Mm -hmm. dialogue about, you know, they're trying to stay on track with the financial plan. And maybe we can get together at my house for brunch and have a potluck rather than going Mm -hmm. out to a restaurant or something like that. Right. I think. Um, that's one positive that we can take away from that uh, age group. We've got some time now for some final uh, thoughts. We've had some really great discussion today, really great advice for our listeners. But I'll start with you, Dr. Betty. If you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? Well, you know, I think it's, it's about being really reflective, not only on your budget, but also on what money means for you. If there is any shame around it, around around money in any way, making sure to recognize it so that it won't paralyze you from seeking help. And also to remember that it takes a lot of courage to actually ask for help and it'll make you feel so much better. You know, and, and getting a financial planner is a really courageous, smart decision. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Reaching out for help is the first step, right, to controlling mm-hmm. the financial anxiety and getting a handle on your finances. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. And if people wanted to reach out to you to get some uh, advice or some help with the, the stress and anxiety that they may be feeling, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, they can reach me at drbetty.ca, so drbetty.ca, or they can find me or other psychologists on the APNL website, find a psychologist. Great. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And so, Wendy, I'll turn to you now. If you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? I'd like to actually stand on top of what Dr. Betty on the shoulders of Dr. Betty just said, because I was going to say that it's, it's worth pushing through any discomfort you're feeling around reaching out for help. And, and being courageous, like Dr. Betty said, will pay off in spades by finding someone you can work with to put a good plan together. It is, um, it does relieve your stress. It also relieves all the little voices in your head about what should I be doing or I'm worried about missing out on stuff. You'll have someone in your corner that helps you show um, the path and that it's worth sticking to the path. No, absolutely. I really couldn't uh, agree more. Like reaching out, like I said earlier, oftentimes clients say, you know, I wish I called you a year ago. I wish I'd called you 18 months ago. And, and they just mm-hmm. put it off because they're unsure, they're feeling embarrassed or whatever. But taking that step and reaching out for help is the way that you do start to feel better. So I mm-hmm. couldn't agree more with you on that. So if people did want to reach out for help. What's the best way for them to do that? They can get to my website at blackstarwealth.com. 
and uh, uh, on that page, so it's blackandstarandwealth.com, and we have a way that you can book a uh, you know a quick call with us to see um, what your situation is and if we can help. Great. Thanks again for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. You know, we've been talking a lot today about rising debt levels of Canadians and how many are supplementing their income right now and increasing credit card debt. So I'd like to say to those of you, if you are struggling with debt, if you're feeling overwhelmed, not sure what to do, it's so important to know that there's solutions out there and that I'm here to help. So reach out to me if you would like a free consultation, one eight five five bdo debt or visit our website at debtsolutions.bdo.ca to schedule a confidential appointment. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, I also want to hear from you if you have a comment or question or a topic you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money. You can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvent. Trustees on your VOCM.